Field Craft Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Lester, here for the ad space. Actually, no, I'm not Austin Lester. I'm Kevin Estella. I'm seeing it across from George Bell. George, how you doing, What's buddy? What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Another day in paradise here in lovely Utah. So. Oh, yeah. So we've got some interesting advertisers for you today, guys. Uh, they make this podcast possible. Yep. They are phenomenal folks that we like to call our friends, and you should definitely check them out. So who do we have first, George? Uh, first up, we have Triarch Systems. You can find them at triarchsystems.com. Um, you know, what more can I say about Triarch Systems? They are probably one of the... I mean, what, what more, like what label can we put on? Them? Well, you've been with the company longer than I've yeah. been. And they've been with the company. We've been with Triarch now for over two years now. Right. And you've definitely put more rounds downrange yeah. than I have with and the it Triarch. it doesn't stop. It doesn't, like, these things are built to last. Yeah. I, I, I keep saying every time I do this this ad for Triarch, I say, yeah. this is a gun that you will, you're going to pass down to your, your son, your daughter, your, you know, whatever, like these things last or built to last. Now so. you've shot, you've shot the tri 11, you've shot their AR 15, yep. right? Like, have you tried any of the other stuff? Uh, I do some of their Glocks, like they're yeah. there. They do uh, customizable Glocks. So that's, that's one thing good about Triarch is like, you can customize your Glock. They have tri 11s. They have the, uh, all the rifle set up. So you can go in there and it's like a menu. You, you could pick this handrail, that grip, this butt stock, uh, you know, this bolt carrier. So they have all the options that, uh, that you can think of to build out a, a nice, decent handgun or rifle. Yeah, and if you use the code FIELDCRAFT, uh, just the name FIELDCRAFT, you get 5% off your custom yep. build. And that's FIELDCRAFT, F-I-E-L-D-C-R-A-F-T. Who do we have Fieldcraft. next? Next up is Casey Highlights. You can find them at CaseyHighlights.com. Ooh, this one's a hard one, Kevin. I, okay, so <laughs> whenever I talk about Casey highlights, I always bring up my first memory of them. Do you remember Back to the Future? Yes, they're iconic. Ma Marty McFly. Yes. He gets his freaking Toyota and he has that, Casey highlights. Every if, if if you didn't want that Toyota as a kid or watching it or, or even like dream of like, oh, I'm going to have me a truck like that, you're wrong. Uh, agreed, 100%. <laughs> uh, guys, you cannot have enough light in the backcountry. Nope. Uh, you have standard headlights on your vehicle, but your standard headlights are not the same as off-road headlights you even if you were to change the bulbs in your headlights mm -hmm. you need to have auxiliary lamps and it doesn't make sense just to have them in front of you if you're backing up it makes sense to have that and i mean mike even has them yeah. on in the wheel, wheel well for the yeah. they call them uh, like rock lights so i mean if you can mount a light on your vehicle on your utv atv shit you can mount these on your house as long as you get power to them, they're going to light up and they will, they're bright. Yeah. And they're the industry standard. Yeah. Like 50 years. They've been in business for 50 years. If I, I'm sorry, if, if, if a company has been around for 50 years, it's, it says something about their brand. It says something about their, about their culture and things like that. So they're a great company, great people to work, work with. And, uh, and if you use the code Fieldcraft, just like the same code for Triarch, you will get 10% yeah, off 10 of off. your purchase. I mean, just start out with a couple of ditch lights. You know, that's all you got to do. Start out small. Like, I know you, everyone sees all these people with all these mm -hmm. lights and everything like that. Start out small. Buy one set. That's yep. all you got to do. Start small. Now, our next advertiser is someone that you hooked me onto. Yes. And I will tell you, it's a little thing that you can do before you go to sleep at night, and it will make you sleep like a baby. Let's talk about Uncana. Uncana. You can find them at uncana.com. They are a CBD, all-natural uh, company that this has an all-natural CBD. It's great. They have uh, tinctures. They have salves. They have pills. They have, what else? They have creams. I mean, they have all these things that, you know, if, if you're sick of taking the pills, you know, if you're sick of just feeling like shit on pills. I mean, uh, just try something all natural. I mean, use it every day. It's not going to be overnight success. I mean, put that out there right now and you can even read up on it. It's going to take maybe a couple days, three days, four days, but whatever it is, once you get in your system, you're going to trust me, you're going to feel better. Right. And the thing with CBD is there's so much research that's slowly coming out about yep. it and all the different benefits of it. And I'll simply say from my own personal experience, you know, you work at Fieldcraft, we have a million projects going on all at once. And sometimes it's hard at night to have like a, like a restful mind. Mm -hmm. CBD just mellows you out. Yep. Like I, I take a, a drop of it, you know, a good size dropper of it. Uh, and I just, I have it before I go to sleep. And next thing you know, I'm sleeping like a baby and I'm not mm -hmm. waking up in the middle of the night. Restful, restful mind. So if you guys use the code FIELDCRAFT, you'll get 10% off of your purchase of the Uncana CBD supplements. Uh, I think we're ready for this podcast. So guys, listen to, uh, 
listen to this podcast. We've got an awesome uh, show for you, but please check out those advertisers. Um, like I said, they've been good friends of ours and I think you'll, you'll understand why. So without further ado, here's our podcast. George Bell. Hey Mike, what's up? What's up, man? Hey. Nothing. I don't think I've been on the podcast for a while. It's been a while. Yeah. So I did, um, on Mike Force, I did Emma, that girl Emma. Yeah. Did you listen? Did you hear about that? Not yet. So her her family was killed when she was seven in Moab in a car accident. She was in the car, like the sole survivor. Her mom, her grandparents, her whole world. I can't even imagine, dude. In seven year old child. Like sometimes I think about like I don't know what it is with me. But it's like mentally, like I'm like, okay, it's, it's gonna happen. Someone's gonna die in your family. Like mentally, prepare yourself. Like, and I'll start, I'll start thinking about like, I mean, it's sick, but Why it's like I start that? thinking about my parents dying, and I'm like, fuck, I gotta go, I gotta get home, I gotta get like everything taken care of. What am I gonna do? I, I, who am I gonna call if I need? Like, that, and it gets in my brain. And I'm like, I know. Wait, man. stop. <laughs> call your dad. <laughs> like, yeah. I wonder if it's because we went through like kind of those cycles before of th- like death and trying to process well, it. I think another th- reason why is when you join the military, I, you know, you join at an early age, 17, 18, 19, whatever it is. I was 19, 20 years old. And I'm, f- I'm filling out a will. I know, right? Like, and, and I, you're 19, doing your death I photo. I can't even buy. A, I can't even buy a beer, and I'm filling out a will. You do your death photo every cycle. Yeah, and I'm like. All right, man. Make sure you look cool because yeah. you don't want the you don't, <laughs> don't want, want the nerd photo. Your braids all messed up. I don't up. want my photo to be my basic training photo when I look like a a noob. You know, like I had look clueless. Yeah. So they <laughs> uh, for people who don't know what we're talking about in the military, um, part of your pre deployment stuff. Every every time you deploy, you have to update your will. You have to do power of attorney. You have to do all this in processing, or I guess it's called out processing. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to war. And then you also have to do a photo because that's the photo, your most recent photo in uniform that they use when they advertise, which sounds horrible to say, yeah. that you've been killed in combat. And um, I remember Ben Bittner's uh, death photo. I was with him when he when he did that photo. And we, we were making fun of him because his, his hat yeah. looked like a... Uh, <laughs> Chef Boyardee yeah. parade, <laughs> and he didn't care. And he was—I mean, you could see the expression every time I see his photo. In that, I just laugh because he—they so, call him Bitter Bittner for a yeah. reason because he was so bitter about it. We had one kid in his will. He was joking around. He was like, "I want to be buried in—I think it was a brown T-shirt, Ranger pants, and flip flops." And they buried him. And that they did—they did it because it was in his will. They had to like go by the will and i was like oh my god we're a little bit it's starting off a little bit morbid but uh yeah sorry <laughs> what, um, what do you want to be cremated or do you want to be buried i want to be cremated because i want to i just don't want to be in the ground or if i have if i can't be cremated if something happens i'd like to be above ground like in a mausoleum or something i just i know it's it's my body and i'm dead and i have no idea what's going on just i, I just want to be cremated or, and spread me around somewhere so i I, were, I told you this i worked at a funeral home before dude okay so let me stop you real quick <laughs> We were in Libya, and yeah. we were we were grown ass men, and it was me, uh, Casey, and Mike. We all shared a room, and every night before we went to bed, we'd have like bedtime stories with Mike, and he tells these <laughs> stories of this funeral home. That's that so fun, dude. Man. I was so scared. It was so creepy, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just if for people out there who don't know this, I won't go into detail. We won't. We'll hang. We'll we'll, we'll stop this topic, but. Do not get buried because you don't want to be cream. You don't want to be embalmed. You don't want to have the funeral directors. Um, and I, I was an assistant funeral director. You don't want them to prep you because it's disgusting. Ugh. Just let me just focus on the head real quick. So when you die, you have um, all this fluid that builds up in your sinus cavities. So they have to get rid of that fluid. So they have to use they use a surgical. Um, mm scissors which it's not scissors it's like clamps mm-hmm. and they they hold on to a cotton ball and then they shove it through your nostril and crush the sinus cavity because they have to break through that membrane in order to get uh, access to all the fluid buildup and then they take uh plastic contact lenses and they put it on your eyeball and they put super glue on top of the contact lens and they pull your eyelid over the lens oh my goodness right then sometimes they glue your eyes shut because some people's eyes don't stay shut. Then they take uh, your mouth and they staple uh, wire into your top gum, into your bottom gum, 
and they seal it with wire and then super glue your lips. But before that, because they want to make your cheeks look rosy, they they take cotton balls and stuff it up in your cheeks in your Jeez, mouth. Please, I and, don't want and, all that. And that's 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 they want to look make you look presentable. Yeah. But I don't want to look at my loved ones in a casket with super glue on their face as the last thing that I remember. Mm-hmm. I don't want that for kids. I don't want that for family members. Oh. Like I, I don't want the people to see that person dead at all. Remember them how they were alive, yeah. and then move on. God, what so we, have a little like gathering, have a party, yeah. Have some pictures, have a slide Put show me on up. A barbecue, man. It, man. Put me on a barbecue. Yeah, let's burn get, me up. Like let's 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 slow let's slow let's slow cook you, man. I think there's a uh, 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 a tradition for that, like burning you. Like the Vikings did yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but Tra- Traeger should do that, man. They should have Something like a, like a, have a tra- <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Traeger. <laughs> That's where do we get on? We're so dark right I know. now. It's, is it these black gravel coffee I mochas? <laughs> I should have chose vanilla. Those, those the vanilla ones are the best ones. The yeah, car- caramel, caramel. That caramel? one made maybe a li- like a little lighter. Yeah. Right, let's talk about this um, um, mobility experience because we just got out of it. I tell you what. Great experience, great time, great. It, it's all about the students and like the, the the people that come together for these courses because you never know, yeah, who's coming in. You, you know? can have some negative whack it's energy. Always a wild card. I know. It, I don't think I've had. We did this mobility experience. We've done it before. Mm-hmm. It's like a thing that we've done before, but um, you could never tell based on who's showing up uh, expectations because yep. I always want to meet people's expectations, but I. But we also have to train the curriculum. So you get a guy who's like a, you know, a camel trophy overland guru guy. And he goes and he goes, oh, well, I'm not impressed. And what I've realized about overlanding is it's not that difficult. No. Um, but if you if you do it right, like if you have the technical skills that you teach in blocks and then you do the teamwork experience, mm-hmm. I thought that was the highlight of the, of the course. Right? Yeah, I like when we... Uh, when we were doing like the obstacles, like, cause you, we ranged it from like difficult to medium, you know, to like, okay, we can get up through here just to get the technique. But everyone like worked together. Everyone was out there like watching like, oh man, okay, do this, do that. And then Mike Hernandez was, he just was out there the whole time. He just crushed it. He's like down that bowl with the trucks going in and out. I'm like, oh, he's, he's brave. Dude, you know? He was, well, he was also, when we were doing recovery. Yeah. Dude, I was like about to pass out. <laughs> and I'm in the truck with the AC on. <laughs> And he's outside, and all the students are like so smoked. Dude, it's man. exhausting. But it was cool that we did that reset where everybody kind of like relaxed. And then mm. when the sun came down, because it was hot, you know. Oh yeah. When the sun came down and it cooled off, everybody seemed to get like pumped up again yep. until they petered out. I yeah. mean, by the end of the night, I think we finished at midnight. Dang. And they were just smoked, man. But they had a blast though. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. they like in the mornings when we were have breakfast and stuff, everybody was like ready to go for the next day. Yeah, they were you know? they were pumped. And then I like how we had a little like the base camp set up to where we had that everyone was like around there the whole time and like training. We had that tire out there. Everybody was punching holes in it and then like plugging it. It was just a good experience to get out and just to see all that stuff going on. So I think that's the key is experience, right? Because there's a lot of technical training that you could do where mm-hmm. you go in for a workshop, a class, you take a block of instruction and you have that skill set and you're like, okay, I'm trained. Well, that's one component. But in the experience, you take that technical workshop skill set and you implement it into an overarching mm-hmm. experience. And and I, I think one of the uh, good feedback that we got was when we were able to go around the campfire, share stories, break oh, bread. Yeah. Um, we had Kevin Owens there. We were shooting guns, um, suppressed yeah. with uh, night, night vision. vision. Yeah, well, yeah. And people were like, oh, pumped about it. Yeah, I think, look... My favorite thing about this company and everything we do is seeing people come together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Black Rifle Coffee, for example, when you guys were out at the um, the uh, shoe talk, yep. Um, and everybody's like, "Where's Mike?" I was at Black Rifle Coffee the, the most of the day, doing a seminar, asking, uh, answering a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and. I don't know, there's like 50, 60 people there yeah. in a small coffee shop that's Black Rifle's Salt Lake headquarters, which is tied to their HQ. Um, but it's it's cool when you see people come together over this common 
uh, I think it's an ideology about being better prepared. Mm -hmm. um, like Amber uh, bringing in the women component, component and the family component. I think it's something that's that I think there's an expiration on, mm -hmm. but it there doesn't seem to be an end to right. It oh yeah, continues to grow. Yeah, always it grows and it and it you continually like, it advances to like newer things, like better things, like technology is getting involved in it now. So it's like all these things that we have within like. I mean, within the, I guess I'd say the EDC community, the Overland community, all of our like things that we represent in the company, it's like, it's just growing and growing. Cause like, it's like a couple of years ago when I, when I first started the company in 2018, it, it wasn't like a, how it is today where it's just getting mainstream now. Everything's picking up steam. And uh, I think since we had a year, basically the United States had a year off. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, time to like research and get into into the weeds of like, oh wow, these guys have these guys have something. Let's get involved and let's see how well we can do it. And then when they start getting involved, they see the community and like how tight knit people are and how supportive they are. Like, I might not see somebody for six months, but they come to an event and it's like, hey man, what's a huge hug and like, hey man, how, how have you been? How's the family? Like, when someone asks me about my family, I know that they care about like my about me so it's it's nice to it's a, a, a good feeling hey guys just want to interrupt this podcast for a minute to talk about a sponsor that makes this entirely possible and this is a no bs advertisement for the sponsor about six weeks ago i decided that i was going to do a keto challenge and with the keto challenge obviously you're doing the keto diet so very little carb intake high fat high protein and something that's often neglected when you're doing that type of challenge is an adequate supply of greens. And it's very dangerous actually, if you're not getting proper nutrition, your body can go out of whack. Well, about six weeks ago, maybe two months ago, I learned about Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a company that sent us a few samples of their product. And at first I was a little skeptical. I mean, you're drinking a very green drink and you're like, this is going to taste terrible, but I will tell you that it's the absolute opposite of that. It's actually gotten to the point where I'm using athletic greens on a daily basis. I'm getting my entire daily uh, requirement of all greens in just a simple 12 ounce bottle. And I love them. Um, I use the travel packs whenever I'm traveling the country, teaching bushcraft survival skills, land navigation. I carry it with me very easily. Uh, in my refrigerator right now, I've got a package of athletic greens and I look forward to it every single morning because in addition to the keto diet, I do a lot of intermittent fasting and it's something that I know that I can I can look forward to every single day, get my daily greens and then after I get my greens, I don't have to feel guilty about you know crushing a steak or crushing you know some slices of bacon or whatever it may be. Highly, highly recommend athletic greens. Um, this is a no BS uh, testimonial. I've been using this stuff for six weeks. You guys can look back on my Instagram account if you want, and you'll see the transformation that I've had in this past year, or I should say the past six months, six weeks. Um, and I'll simply say that it's in part largely due to athletic greens being, uh, a great daily supplement to the diet that I'm already doing. So if you're interested in trying these out, again, take it from me, I use them, I swear to God, they are 100% effective. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft and you will receive a year supply uh, a vitamin supplement, but then you'll also receive five free travel packs uh, with your order. Highly, highly recommend this stuff, guys. It seems nasty and gross because it's a green drink and you're probably used to just drinking water or coffee or anything but something green, but I promise you, you're going to see results. Uh, totally, totally take my word for it. You're gonna be pretty damn excited when you see what this stuff does for you. Super energy. Uh, and you feel pretty damn good about yourself at the end of the day. Guys, check them out, athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft, and you'll get a little something extra with your purchase. Let's get back to this podcast. Yeah, I think I think um, we've witnessed that over the years, and and as we continue to grow, um, it, it is about community, it is about family. It is, it. I mean, you can't be prepared as an individual um, if you're not preparing your family, because mm -hmm. the idea that you could just prepare for yourself and then abandon your family is that's not going to yep. work. So when you look at, um, all the tribalism that's been formed in social media, what I've realized is, you know, us staying on mission and then staying positive 
is is a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. because there's so many tribes of people that are followings of groups uh, in whatever industry they're in that are so negative. Dude, it's it's they make their money off of being negative. Yeah, and controversy. And I look at like us. We have a. I mean, we have a responsibility. I mean, if you think about it, with the careers that we've had, the things that we've done. And now we're in the civilian realm and it's like we have a responsibility to uphold like something like these some standard to where it's if someone asks me a question i hate not knowing the answer i'm like shit i don't know you know and i feel bad because i work a field crop survival i should know all this stuff but at the same time everyone has their level of expertise but i can just easily go to you or kevin yeah. or kevin and hey what about this and i go back to the customer and let them know uh but yeah i, I look at that as people come people seek us out like especially when we do these little seminars People, I mean, people pull you offline all the time. Hey, Mike, uh, so what do you think about this? What are you doing yeah. with that? And it's like, shit, okay, well, he's coming to me. Yeah. Like, we have to be the experts. Yeah. We have to be. I like the idea of, of um, burdening and shouldering that responsibility. So many people have, they're like in this space or in, the, in an industry and, they're, and they don't take on the responsibility, mm-hmm. but we've owned it since the very beginning. Um, let's talk about mobility because, um, you know, we, we coming off the mobility experience, some of the things like a lot of people ask me and they asked me at Black Rifle Coffee, in fact, like what's this whole tie in with um, with vehicles and like just starting this media thing that I just started hot yogurt. <laughs> um, somebody asked me, goes, um, so what's the story behind the name? And I said, Hot Wheels was taken, so I just used hot yogurt, <laughs> and it's true. Like, I, it's there's no, yeah, it's there's fun. no, there's no exclusive story on it. I, I think I was with Mason, and I'm trying to come up with words that make no sense, <laughs> but evoke some kind of some response. Like yeah. So, and, and I think I, and I said the word out loud, hot yogurt, and I was like, it like it makes little, you. It sounds warm. <laughs> yeah, it sounds warm, but it, it's a thing. It's actually a thing if you if you actually Google. Um. Be careful if you Google hot yogurt, <laughs> but if you Google it, there's recipes for Indian food. Where oh they, yeah, they do hot yogurt dishes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at Hot Wheels and um, which is an awesome company that I grew up with. Um, oh yeah. I, I, you know, I have tons. I still have Hot Wheels. I know you have a a bin in your garage full of brand new Hot Wheels. Full of Hot Wheels. <laughs> I love Hot Wheels, and and when I looked at Hot Yogurt, I'm like, well, it's not taken. <laughs> everything else is taken. But the the idea is everything about uh, vehicles. I grew up um, just like you in the '80s, where vehicles were a cool thing, man. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future, like all these cool like big. That was a Bigfoot. The yeah. monster trucks, like monster trucks, like uh, what was that? What was Night Rider? What was the other one though? From uh, not Bigfoot, but the Grave Digger. Grave Digger, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> I was obsessed with that stuff when I was a kid. I was too, man. I wanted a truck. I wanted my own, like, I wanted my own little vehicle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was. It was also an escape and in independence. Yep. But um, what, you know what I've realized in this idea about uh, preparedness is that is one of your most reliable mm-hmm. and it's you i mean it, it doesn't have to be reliable because your car could be a piece of crap but it's it's always there mm-hmm. and so a lot of people don't pay attention to the vehicle they have and they're just like hey i'm just going to get whatever right and uh whatever uh what i've seen over the the years is people go well i don't have that kind of money and i and i've realized well, you don't have to have a no. crap ton of money to get a good off-road capable vehicle. That's all. And so this this idea about mobility stems from, uh, in special operations, us always being around vehicles and then using those vehicles to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember in Libya, we got T-boned by that Libyan dude? <laughs> they try to blame us? Yeah. And then, and then they took your license. They weren't going to give it back. Remember at the go police t- station? I had to go... Uh, <laughs> I had to go black, black not blackmail. Uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, I had to influence yeah. this guy, this police officer, a <laughs> police officer. So you, like you don't got a database. You don't have a. You don't have he a had computer. A file cabinet, you had a file man, cabinet, man. No with one in. file, my <laughs> file. This guy, this dude, trying to take me to jail. Um, but everywhere we went, you had um, your vehicles that we were dependent on long range operations. Yep. So it's the one thing that we could use to deliver this um, uh, equipment and this idea about preparedness. So the new equipment that we have, for example, the visor panel. So the visor panel, real simple concept, 
hey, why don't you have survival and first aid, especially first aid, readily accessible? And so we did the first, remember the first gen of visor panels? Yeah, so I have a story for that. Like, I hate, like, I, you hit, like, comments you'll see. You'll just see, like, little comments. You'll be like, yeah. oh, I don't want projectiles in my car. It's like, it, first of all, it's not a projectile. It's like, it's <laughs> Velcroed in. I'm, trust me, it's strong Velcro. You got I a remember, monster can in your in, yeah. your, in, in your center console and or in your cup holder. Projectiles. And you're worried about a soft good. But a, a cool thing about our visor panel, the first gen, was uh, a cop in Arizona had it in his patrol car. His patrol car got smashed into like a head on or t-bone or something like that and uh destroyed and the visor panel was the only thing it was there in, intact and then after he went back to his went back to the car to get his stuff out someone stole the visor panel out of his car oh that's and right i sent him another one we sent him I another one so. for free because yeah. he got jacked yeah so who does that <laughs> but it didn't come off like nothing came off it's trust me people it's a very secure uh visor yeah, it's panel. not gonna come up maybe we should do a roll test or something something <laughs> yeah didn't um well we did the the um um what is it called that race uh, i can't my my uh king of the hammers yeah and we had yeah. all, uh, the mobility bags we didn't have yep. the visor panels oh, no yeah not the, the new ones i don't think he had visors i don't that think thing. so he had the mobility bags didn't but, somebody from somebody say oh that's like the the tack that's like somebody else did that uh first aid somebody was saying that uh oh basically it's a whatever kit and then somebody was like uh that kit was we did that before that kit came yeah. out. I don't like, know. I, it's like naysayers. It's, like, it's like go to the grocery store and go down the bread aisle. How many bread like companies are there? We can do whatever the hell we want to. Yeah. I mean, well, we're sorry. not looking. We're not looking. Like I don't look at other people's stuff and then go. I'm gonna do that. I, I'm gonna modify that. And I'm, no. I just do whatever I, we do. Yeah. Um, the first gen of the visor panel was janky. It was. It was just. I think what it was is that we were trying to do too much with that yeah because oh, we trying yeah. to make it with a chest rig <laughs> yeah, that's right and then trying to do the video and like showing how to do it it was like <sighs> people were like how do you do this <laughs> like yeah let's not oh. do that again we had a with our first visor panel you could take off and you could make it a chest rig yep but what i was doing was kind of you know i, I like the dual purpose and things mm -hmm. and i think kevin owens has probably put it in my head um saying it often that if you have something that do, does a lot of things decent, it never does anything great. Yeah. And so you you need something that just fits a role, and that's what it does great. And so uh, PVC pouches, which is like this uh, rubber. Yeah, it's more resistant. durable. Yeah, yep. it's durable, resistant material. It's expensive, too. And uh, you have your survival and your first aid, but you have it in your visor. Yep. And we modified it because I didn't like how low it used to sit. And so it was always in your field of view. Yeah. So it's like blinded. Because like for me right now, I have the uh, one above my, I have a visor panel in there right now. And it's perfect. Like where I sit, it's like you just, it's it's out of my view. I don't, yeah. it doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know, it's great. Um, mobility bags. Mobility bags. Yep. So um, the idea from the mobility bag is most mildly adaptable systems that go on the back of your uh, seats they're molly attached mm -hmm. so if you have a fur like i see them all the time there's even jeep like the jeeps oh yeah they have they come with the, the panel the panel but it's molly mm -hmm. so if you have a pouch and you have to get access to that equipment you can't rip the pouch away so you have to access the contents yep. and then like i want like if i'm treating somebody i want to grab the contents and i don't want to grab the contents and run to the casualty yeah. and dump them in front of the casualty I want to have it neatly organized and pull the uh, the capability with me. So the the idea with that is we have Velcro, Molly, and then Velcro on the bottom. But you could also pull it and mm -hmm. use it as a minimalist backpack. And I, again, that's I remember yeah. we, we came out with that, and somebody's like, "Oh, basically, it's this." I'm like, "No, it's not that." Not like, come on, stop hating. Yeah, that's like the, 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 again, negative being negative. Like it, it's just all all it's doing is hurting the person that's being negative. Yeah. Cause I'm like, okay, like thumbs up, buddy. Like, yeah. Well, I just, job, like, and I just block and yeah, delete. Block and delete. <laughs> um, so we, so we did that, and now we're coming out with uh, the 2040 and the 80 liter. Um, well, I was harping on this because I've seen a lot of like I've had a North Face bag oh, that I was issued in USASOC in Special Operations Command that I used for deployments, and mm -hmm. I had five of them, and all of them were super durable. So I said. One, 
it's got to be as durable as North Face's product, which is a great product. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sourced the manufacturer that had the right durability, the right uh, sewing. But I said, I, I want the ability to do a loadout. And loadouts vary based on size. Mm-hmm. So if you have an 80, which I consider the dirty bag, 80 liters is the dirty bag because it's 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 all your crap. Yeah, I'm putting my like recovery kit in there. I'm yes. putting like just the, the chains and just yeah. metal stuff and just straps, here, straps cooking hardware, yeah, exactly. Um, oil, whatever it is. So the 80 is the big bag. The 40 and the 20, um, and I'm saying this, and I, I want to let you know, it's not coming out till August yeah. because of shipping delays, but um, we have uh, 10 of them on hand because Katie ordered 10. The 40 is my favorite because mm-hmm. it's the perfect size, but you could use it for your personal stuff. And I recommend that if you carry a 40, you carry it in the compartment that you're in. So yeah. if you have a trunk separating you uh, from your compartment, you don't need to have it in your trunk. That's the 80, right? Mm-hmm. You want to have the 40 like behind the center console at, at the passenger's feet because that's your like uh, go contingency. Is, in case something happens, yeah. I need to pull you something out, bug out real fast. Yep. Well, the cool thing about the 40 too is it has rucksack straps, not not just a, a single strap mm-hmm. or or the, the two handles. It's got a uh, two straps for that you can carry on your back like a backpack. So in addition to that, when you open the top flap, you could take your visor panel uh, pouches and rip away that whole panel that holds two pouches Mm -hmm. on one panel and stick it in the top compartment of the 40 or the 20. That whole interoperability between that where you can go, hey, um, there's no excuse now to not carry your life-saving equipment. And and it keeps everything organized and it's like right there. You open that flap up, those pouches are right there. I think even the uh, the newer the newer ones that are coming out come with a a med and a survival pouch already in them. Yes, yes, they come with one survival and one first aid um, that has quick five fifty cord adaptable pieces mm-hmm. on it. So my my thinking is every bag that you carry, even for travel, you should be carrying all of that life saving yep. equipment. I, I just want to like, it, anyways, I, I want to make it. I want to make it adaptable. And convenient for people, mm-hmm. so there's no excuse. Yeah, so there's no like, oh, I gotta carry this stuff. Or I don't, I don't, I don't know where to put it. It's like, it's right here for you. We 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 figured out the solution. Here here you go. Yeah, I, uh, my favorite though, my favorite, my favorite bag. I, I don't know if it's, it's the favorite one that I like to look at. I don't know if it's my favorite to carry because it's cute. Uh, I think the women and then uh, Mike Hernandez are going to like this one. The 20 liter. The 20 liter is, it's cute, man. Dude, I love it. It looks like a little purse. I love it. It's like a film. I love purse. it. I do. I want, I, it's I, so I'm going to have a couple. It's so tiny. I look at it like this. Like if I'm, I compare it to me, Sarah, and Logan, it's like I'm the 80 liter, Sarah's a 40, and Logan's the 20 oh, liter. I like you know? that. Like, well, he can carry the that yeah, 20 on his back. Easy. So the, the cool thing about the 20, so if we, if we advocate for the, the 40 being in the compartment at the passengers behind the center console, then the 20, which is part of everyday carry, mm-hmm. should be at your uh, passenger's feet. Yep. So you can so you can readily access it, right? So that 20 liter is the perfect size for EDC. And you know, it's not an EDC like I'm going into a shopping mall and I'm yeah. carrying an EDC. But I mean, if you're like going to work, it's mm-hmm. your everyday carry bag for yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. And the cool thing about this bag is it's got a strap that you could put on the top or the bottom, so you can carry it like a a satchel over yeah. your back, or you can just uh, sling it and carry it over your shoulder and have it access like a a man purse, like mm-hmm. a purse. Um, but I, I think the twenty is one of my favorite because uh, you could put a truck gun in it. it oh yeah, it, it's it fits perfect. The three hundred blackout uh, collapse with a uh, what is the name of the stock company? Law, law folder. Yeah, law tactical folder. Law tactical folder, yeah. Dude, did you see the, uh, the AK-47 <laughs> variant that I got? The no. 545? Not yet. Oh, the Meridian? The, no, I haven't seen it yet. They what? shipped it? Or? Yeah, they shipped it. Uh, let me check. I could check shipping. <laughs> I wonder if it fits in there. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Um, <laughs> he sent me the ship, the tracking on it. Uh, anyways, it should be in any any day. Okay. Um, track shipment. John, oh, John there's a track shipment quick thing. Here, here goes. It's loading. This is live, man. By the time you hear this, I might be already uh, Wednesday, June 23rd. Oh, that's, that's today. today. 
by 7 p.m. I should be here this afternoon. I'll have John. Uh, Wait, one of two piece shipment. What? God. Well, if they give me the barrel and one shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about that. And then uh, other things that we have in the queue. Look, pr- product development. You've been part of this experience it's, with me. It's the hardest it's thing. It's timely. On the it takes time, dude. If if that doesn't test your patience, if this doesn't test our, pa- this is testing our patience right now. Right now, like this has us on edge. Right now. Everybody, just to let you guys know, this is where we're at. It's we're waiting <laughs> like, it's for just everybody waiting. else. <laughs> but see, that's uh, so. Just to highlight um, a couple things, one of the reasons I started hot yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, shit! You can't, it's so funny. One of the reasons I started it is because um, we do a lot of builds in the company, mm-hmm. um, and so even like simple ones though, it, it's, yeah. it needs to be shared because people got to see that. Like, yeah, like changing brakes. Like, I, me, and Addison did my brakes in the shop like three weeks ago, and you're not getting featured in a hot yogurt. It's though, an man. old, it's an ordeal. Your tundra's not hot yogurt. I know, yet. not yet. You could get One it day. there. One day, maybe after Put a the lift f- on it, do something yeah, cool. I'd have to. I know. It's, tough. it's tough. The Philcraft sticker makes it hot, but not hot yogurt. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we Just, have so many builds. Yeah. Right? The Cruiser, the uh, 100, the mm-hmm. 80, your Porsche, uh, the Porsche, the Rally Porsche. It, the the list goes on. So one of the reasons I wanted uh, to feature these things is because in building these vehicles out, there's so much to talk about. And, and when you build them out, mm-hmm. and where was I going with that? I don't know, man. <laughs> TBI, man. You said hot yogurt, and that was it. Oh, man. Laughed, hot yogurt. We laughed, and that was <laughs> it. And then we forgot everything. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I uh, just want to interrupt just for a hot second to bring up another fantastic company that you may want to pay attention to. Um, this is one of the companies that makes this podcast possible. It is the Wild Alaskan Company. Guys, their website is wildalaskancompany.com. And if you use the coupon code at wildalaskancompany.com forward slash fieldcraft, you're going to get 15% off of your first box of premium seafood. I will simply say this. I am a huge fan of premium salmon. I eat salmon multiple times a week. We all know that you should eat more fish. You should try to get lean protein. The expression I've always told people is protein is best with the fewest legs. So if you think about that, right, fish, chicken, beef, um, I'm a big fan of, of eating a lot of fish. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm half Asian. But I will say this, uh, the Wild Alaskan Company, it delivers a lot of phenomenal, and I, I've had this stuff a bunch, high-quality, sustainably sourced wild-caught seafood. Uh, and wild-caught is the key um, because you know that it's going to be fresher. You know that these are animals that are <laughs> they, they're, they're fighting out there. They've never had to have an easy meal. So if they're fighting, they'll make you a fighter. Trust me. Um, you can choose from salmon, whitefish combination. Every month there's a different uh, special to explore. And it's basically how nature intended to be right? It's always wild, never farmed, modified, no crazy genetically modified super salmon, nothing like that. Uh, it's all good for you. So right now you can get 15 per, $15 off of your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash fieldcraft. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash fieldcraft for $15 off your first box. Remember the wildalaskancompany.com slash fieldcraft is the code you want to follow. Make sure to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Let them know that this salmon lover sent you. And uh, I guarantee you'll become a salmon lover, salmon lover too. Guys, check it out. What was that? What was that? I don't know. You were just talking, you were highlighting hot yogurt for the mobility oh, stuff. Oh, no, no, the manufacturing thing. Oh, yeah, manufacturing. So uh, the Sprinter. So I, I ordered some parts for the Sprinter. Because I'm like, I want to build out the Sprinter van. Yeah. And the Sprinter van's mine personally. Like, I, I got a USAA payment on it. Yeah, my man is struggling with these payments right now, you know. <laughs> no, i People are like, oh, man, you're balling out. I'm like, come on, man. No, yeah. USAA's balling yeah. out. I'm not balling out. Um, I ordered a front bumper um, uh, with a winch, a rear spare tire carrying a ladder. And the thing about the uh, parts in the whole industry is that every industry is struggling. Because it's this foreign dependence. Mm-hmm. Um, all the raw materials come out of India or China. And if it's made in China, it's coming from India. And so people say, like, it has to be American made. Well, even if it's American made, the raw material of that plastic, of that nylon, of that material, whatever material it mm-hmm. is, 
is coming from overseas. So there's still a dependence no matter what you make in America. Like this idea that it's made in America because it's assembled in America, that's ludicrous. Yeah. That's I, ridiculous. And I've noticed that on some uh, products that would say assembled in America now, not made oh, yeah, in America. Yeah, come on. So. Yeah. Like like some of your favorite brands, which I like, like Sitka is one of my favorite brands. Mm -hmm. Sitka is transitioning more to Vietnam, which I appreciate because, I, look, I'm not a fan of just this dependence on China. Um, China's winning the economic international game. We need to diversify. Mm -hmm. But I believe, look, I believe in an international market, but I also believe in doing our due diligence to employ Americans, which we do. Yep. And so you won't see me starting a factory in America uh, having a whole bunch of Americans build or manufacture things because a lot of the products that we make, we can never do it. Mm -mm. It just doesn't, like for example, a nylon bag. If uh, and this is from my experience in doing this. We just recently experienced this. So we, Kevin Owens and, 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 and uh, uh, has a relationship with a guy who is an expert sewer, right? He owns yep. a company. And I won't mention his name because it, it's not a negative context, but I just won't mention his name. So we get, we get him to design a prototype, baller prototype. Yeah. Beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. Perfect. We're all excited. The company's hype. Mm -hmm. We send it to an American contracted sewer because you can't use a custom sewer because that would be double the cost. So we get at a, we get a, um, this is the, remember guys, this is the sling bag that we wanted to make for everyday carry. And, and there's, and everybody's like, where's it coming? When's it coming? When I could figure out how the hell to make this thing and make a profit. So I want this bag to be about a hundred, hundred to $120 bag. Mm -hmm. We go to get this d design. How much does it come in? Ninety, like $89, $90. $90. Yeah, it is like $89. So the, the, to make the bag in America costs us $89. $89. And we'll make $10 a bag. But that's not, that, you know, making some profit, I get it. But here's the issue. They wanted a minimum of like 500 uh, pieces. Yeah. So uh, what's the math on that? Let me do the math. Can you do math quickly? You can't. You're, no, you're, I can't. You're white I'm dude. Not, you yeah. don't do that. I'm just a regular so, dude from Europe. You know what I mean? <laughs> from Europe. <laughs> so 90 times um, uh, 500. $45,000 to make a profit of like, what? Uh, like what's the, Let's just say uh, yeah. 10. It's going to be five. It's going to be five grand. Yeah. To make a profit of five grand, so spend forty five grand to make five grand, and and then sell those in six yeah, months. It's just it's not gonna. It just doesn't make sense. Like, it, we're a business. Like I get it. Like we 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 help people. We we're preparedness, but at the same time, we're a business. If we, in order for us to do these things and have these things, it's like we can't afford to do that. You know yeah, what I mean, we, we won't be able to do yeah. the things that we want. Yeah. I, so I want to always like uh, the reason I talk about this openly in business is I want to educate people mm -hmm. on our business model and structure because I want to be I want to be uh, very transparent with the way we operate. So some of the things that we do, like leather, uh, Kenny um, is our leather craftsman in house. It's made in America. So if you want to support American made business, buy leather on yeah. philcraftsurvival.com. Stuff isn't flying it's off like the shelves. it's like real great leather. Vegetable tan leather. It's yeah. legit. It's not this... Gen like my, Kenny told me about like genuine leather. If you have genuine leather, that's like the worst leather. It's like the lowest grade, really? shittiest leather Damn, you can find. wallet says genuine leather. Yeah. So <laughs> I had a pair of boots at home that said genuine leather. I was like, oh, these are shit. That's a but, thing? I thought it was just Yeah, a... so genuine leather is like not... It's Like, like it the, says they're genuine. Yeah. It's, the, it's like the lowest grade of uh, leather. That's what Kenny it told me. It says genuine top uh, grain cowhide. So this is the cheapest stuff. Maybe, man. I think Come so. Come on, yeah. man. It's okay. But it's genuine. Yeah, it's genuine. Shit. So yeah, we're doing due diligence and anyways long story to get around to our next products that we want to develop um I, before i tell you the next products because i don't think i've told you no. this this the stuff that we have in the queue what would you do for next products oh damn i, I don't know like I, I i don't know i don't know that you can't do massage chairs like you, that's not that's not a prepared inside <sighs> Like everything I want to do is like, like like filters and like like gear and stuff that we could you could use out in the in the in the in the in the bush. But I'm I don't know. So I well, I don't know if these are going to be it. But there's a couple items that I want to get on board. I don't know even how how I'm going to design them yet. But they're in the queue. One, the interoperability of well, well before I say it, 
we do have a magnet retention system. Yes. Holster that's coming out um, that I think is going to change the game of how people use holsters. But that's all I'll say about that because mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it. But the magnet idea, e- e- even looking at my OtterBox on my cell phone here, is uh, Mob Armor has a great product. Mm-hmm. We could dash mount, uh, and I use their product yep. a lot. But I think it could be done better. So the interoperability of tablets, phones, um, using them for everything from motorcycles, mobility platforms, even in your pocket, there's just not a lot of great solutions. Um, I, I'd love to team up with OtterBox, man, and, and focus on a product that it, that you know integrates the magnet into the case. Mm-hmm. For example, like this mob armor one, the problem, the deficiency in this is this is a sticker. Yeah. Right. But if it's embossed into the plastic as a magnet, then it's solidified. So that way it's part of the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things I'm going to do into a whole system, but also without compromising your dashboard. Some of these products, they, they drill into your dash. So a person who has a brand new Rubicon Gladiator. Yeah, I don't want to drill into my nobody shit, Nobody wants to man. drill into your dashboard. No. You hit the airbag and it blows up in your face. But like people don't want to do that. Mm-mm. So it has to uh, fit into that context. Even putting stuff on the glass is kind of problematic. Like, it always falls off. Let's just be honest. Falls off. It, it never stays. So I have one in my in, in one of my Porsches, the 993. It's a, it's a gooey suction cup. That has the goo on the suction cup. Yeah. And it's never coming off. No. But it's also never coming off. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it'll probably take me a year to clean. I have to replace the windshield. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other one is Totes Magoats. I think I'm going to call it Totes Magoats. Actually, I'm going to write oh, that down. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember you talking about this. Well, the, the look, here's the problem. If you want, there's a couple companies, and I won't name them, that have plastic bins. I have a couple of them at home. Yep, you do. The mm-hmm. same company we're thinking yep. about. But they're garbage. They are. Because they're made of like rubber made material. Yeah. It's I feel like if I drop it, that's it. Everything's cracked. It's cracked and it's it's gone. It's too soft. Mm -hmm. So there is a way to adapt. Like I'm a big fan of aluminum. Aluminum is lightweight, it's durable. And it's it's like it's sleek. sleek. I love that look. I want to be a grown up. Like yes. I don't want these plastic bins. Like if I go out, like I go overlanding for a reason. Like ever since the mobility course experience, I'm like, man, I'm gonna just put some stuff in here, and then I want to go out and test it out. Yeah, like that's that's what it, that's what gets me off on these like things. Yeah, I'm like, get you okay? Yeah, it gets me off, baby. You, you love it, but I'm like, and that's, I went home. I put my, my my bags back in my truck. I have my containers. I'm like, I'm gonna go out and do a little trip one of these days just to practice. But I'm a grown up man. I, I want nice things. I want leather. I want yes. wood. I want metal. I want things that look good when I when I go out. Sleek. Yeah. So I, I one of the ideas I have is an aluminum based. Uh, basically, every industry that relies on um, performance mm-hmm. looks at weight, and for some reason we haven't looked at weight when it comes to these aluminum bins. Now a lot of people make them, but they're just repurposed. Mm-hmm. Like they're aluminum, but they're not. They're like they're like aircraft aluminum bins that they just repurpose they yep. put a label on yeah i want to make the bins aluminum but have the ability to roll out a drawer from the aluminum bin mm-hmm. so let's say you take the aluminum bin and you put it in the back of your truck well if you strap it down which most people have to do then what happens is you have to literally unstrap it to take it the top portion yes. off the bin so what i want is I want the, t- and I'm telling, like, people are like, why are you telling? Because I don't care. If you make yeah. that, Good I'll buy you, it man. from you. Yeah. I'll private label it. So um, um, you take the whole bin, right? And you could take the top off so you could load it out. Mm-hmm. But then when you're done loading it out, you have the ability to pull the whole section out like a drawer, no matter where it's at. Mm-hmm. So um, I want the ability to, to stack the bins and have them integrated Locking. to each other and, and lock into and clamp into each other. So a lot of them have, some of them have that ability, but they're clunky. So you have like a, a mechanism on the side mm-hmm. that's not attaching to the other bin. So anyways, it hasn't been done right, but the, the you know, our pillars of preparedness are a person, you as an mm-hmm. individual, which has to do with mindset, physical capability, uh, everyday carry, mobility, and then homestead. So I want this world of homestead and mobility to be hand in hand. 
So you have in your garage a stack of aluminum bins that are Philcraft Survival. And then when you want to roll out, you could literally take them and just transfer them in your car. Mm -hmm. But they're both interoperable, so you could access them at home or you could access them in your rig. There's, there's, there's some clunky, um, like I use, um, what are those, Army Surplus uh, the, uh, uh, ammunition uh, yeah. bin, uh, crates? Yep. And they're clunky. They're cool because they look cool, yeah, but it's they're it's, yeah they're just they don't work. They just don't fit. They don't fit. You know, they just it's just something about it. Just yeah, you can put them in the truck, but it's like when you get in there, it's everything's it's tall. Yeah, it's made for ammo. The feng shui's off on this. Yeah, it's all it's off. It's all off. Uh, I'm gonna call it totes magoat. Let me yeah. write this down, man. You got a better name? I like totes magoats. Totes magoats. I don't even know how to spell that. Totes magoats. How do you spell magoats? M A G O A T S. M C McGoats. No, no, no. It's McGoats. McGoats. M A. It's got to be M A. And then we can use maybe um, one of the goats as the uh, as the yeah as the logo. And we'll have like a little pack on them or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't know. Just I don't me know. thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I like your ideas. Um, also, there's a couple of things that I want to do in everyday carry. I want to do the transition of uh, everyday carry with a light source, mm -hmm. but then having it fit in your pocket. Like um, yeah, flashlights are cylindrical mm -hmm. because they carry batteries. Yeah. But nobody makes batteries that have flat, plat, flat packed lithiums. Um, I mean, I don't know if lithiums is a dangerous thing, in, in, but having a, well, let me see a good example. You ever see a, um, uh, oh yeah, or airsoft guns. Uh huh. You know how they have the lithium packs yeah. in the flat yep. on the AR-15s? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. But having a, a smaller variant of it where the, the flashlight fits like a everyday carry pocket knife. So it's on a clip, and you pick it up, and you push it, and it streams it's light. It's like a light bar on yeah, it Yeah, but it's something. not like a freaking... You know, it's not like a it's not like a <laughs> cucumber in your pocket. Yeah. That's why it's like... I see these guys, they do these, like, their pocket dumps, and it's like, how do you fit all that in here? And then you have, a, like, a, like, a Surefire flashlight, and it's like... Yeah. I, who I wants that bulky stuff that in the thing. pocket? When you sit down, it's like, yeah. Anyway, what do you got in your pants there? I know. What do you got in your pants? You got a... Uh, a little chubby? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't like that, man. I yeah. like I like sleek, right? Yeah. I like my pockets flat. And so, there, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of ideas. I, I don't want to tell all the company yeah, secrets. No. So, let's do a mobility Q&A. Ask me three questions about mobility. Okay. What? what okay. What's, what is the most important thing? Okay. When you get a rig... Let's say I buy a, a brand new Land Cruiser. Mm -hmm. What should be the first thing that I should look at purchasing for it to make it better off-road capable? Okay. Um, that's an easy one. I, I would say, look, people, people when they get a rig, they want to spend and blow money on a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I would always um, focus on the interior of things that you could build out, like a mobility bag, a visor panel, mm -hmm. survival first aid, because that's real capability. But if we're talking about off-road, nothing changes the vehicle more than the tires. So a lot of people are are likely from the factory, even some Land Cruisers, most Land Cruisers uh, or most newer vehicles run um, road tires mm -hmm. because they're looking at economy. Yeah, And most of those road tires are on those vehicles because they could say and advertise it gets a certain MBG, certain miles per gallon. So obviously the lighter the tire, uh, the more um, uh, uh, aerodynamic the, um, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm not a, a scientist when it comes to uh, this understanding of physics, but basically it, a road tire is going to get you better miles per gallon. Well, when you convert to an all-terrain or even an empty, a mud terrain, you're looking at decreasing your miles per gallon, but increasing your capability off-road. So two things that we teach in overlanding um, in our mobility experience is how to down deflate your tires to increase friction, um, which increases your traction patch on the surface, um, but also makes it a lot more comfortable off-road. So I would look at an all-terrain. I re recommend BF Good Wrenches KO2s. K KM2s are a little aggressive, mm -hmm. but KO2s uh, is the all-terrain version. And then Falcon's AT3 All-Terrain 3 uh, Ws. I have those on a couple of my rigs, yeah, and I, I swear by them. They're amazing tires. Yeah, they, they last for a very long time. They last like, for a very long time. Look, take your tires off. 
convert to an all-terrain and keep those tires as a backup. Mm -hmm. And now you have uh, those tires. And I would recommend always getting a full-size spare unless you have um, steel wheels where you could fix most issues with a tire repair kit or a hammer uh, by banging out the wheel. Most vehicles have aluminum alloy, so you're gonna need a fifth wheel. Mm -hmm. And if you do all terrains, like in my Mercedes, I just got standard all terrains, the fifth wheel could fit in that wheel well in the rear of the vehicle uh, very conveniently. All right, what else? Um, let's talk about recovery. I think I think recovery is very important, especially when you're off-roading, anything can happen out there. What would you recommend, like some tips, like what would you recommend for a recovery kit? Do you recommend, like if, like how serious should you get for a recovery kit? Are we t- like winches, because you have to think winches, max tracks, uh, ropes, things like that. Like, like where do I begin? You know yeah, what I mean? The, so, this is a this is a controversial one. Um, the most uh, popular influencers on social media that uh, teach overlanding, for example, will always tell you that uh, the likelihood of you winching yourself is rare. Mm-hmm. That's rare, unless you're seeking that. Right. So if you if you overland like me. Um, whenever I'm doing a mobility experience, um, and I, and I'm by myself, uh, especially I'm not looking to get stuck. No. Right. So 99% of everything that you drive off road in America, which is Bureau land management, national forest, um, these secondary trails, you're there, you're not going to get stuck and you don't need to be recovered. Even in most more aggressive trail trail systems in the US where you get off road, they have alternate routes for not getting stuck. Now, if you want to push the limits because you're bouldering, you're rock crawling, then yeah, you're going to need that. So when you look at the cost of a winch, super expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, not super expensive, but it's expensive. It's like something that you know you, you purchase. It's like, I'm not going to use this every day. Yes. You know? Well, the, the, the only thing I would just, like for example, I just got, uh, I ordered a, from Owl Vans, big shout out to Owl Vans. Uh, they do a whole bunch of accessories for Revels, for Sprinters, um, and for um, story ta- or Storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we met those people at the booth in Overland Expo. Oh, okay. Um, but, but they do a winch integrated, and I have a winch in my garage, a worn winch, 10,000. I'm gonna put that inside of that system, and it's because um, it's a van, yeah. And and if I get stuck in a four wheel drive van by myself, not likely that anybody's going to get me out, and I have to be able to self recover. So it is a peace of mind. So if you if you have a, an unlimited budget or a a a large budget, get a winch, get a winch plate, save the weight on getting a um, an all steel bumper. You you might not necessarily need it. Like I like the hybrid aluminum and steel, and then have recovery equipment to self recovery or self recover on your own. Uh, a tree strap, uh, toe straps, shackles, um, um, soft shackles, and then having the ability to self winch is important if you're into this game. Now. I will say, if you get yourself stuck, which I have once where I had to self-winch, the responsibility is that you're going to have to um, look out for other people on the trail. Mm-hmm. Me, Mike Hernandez and, and I both have experiences in having winches and winching more people. Like yeah. We've done recoveries. Me and Mike Hernandez yep. have done recoveries. You were there with us, right? With the uh, the river one? Yeah. No, I wasn't. Oh, it was so fun. Jeez, so I saw fun. it, though. Um, it was with Lee. And, and no fault to Lee, but, I mean, it was a pretty serious recovery. Yeah. Um, pretty serious situation as well. I feel like if if y'all didn't have the background that y'all have, yeah. like, that's a dangerous thing. Like Super dangerous. We, we've done dangerous things. It's, not, it's yeah. nothing to us. Because you saw how he was and then how his girlfriend was. Yes. So it's like yeah. he was just like whatever, man. I'll I'll, I'll jump in the water yeah, right now. She was fucking laps, and she was scared. I was scared for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the truck, like the truck out here, right? Yep. Um, I love that truck, but I I will never likely get that truck in a situation where I have to self recover. Yeah. But I drive around and waiting for the chance <laughs> to recover somebody else because I love oh, the yeah, idea. It's fun. It's fun. It's super fun. And Mike Hernandez is the same way. We we teach recovery um, as a last ditch effort, mm-hmm. right? 
um, to do it safely. And I, I think it's fun too. If you have that capability and you understand it mm-hmm. and, and you know how to be safe with it, it's a fun thing. All right, last question. Um, oh, okay. What are we doing? Like, okay, uh, let's see here. Make it a good one, man. I'm, I'll put you on the spot. But Let's, I'm going to ask, let's see. What is our plan for the new build in Oregon at the Fit Garage? You want to highlight that a little bit? Ooh. <laughs> So, have you seen late recent pictures? I of have it? not. I, he sends me. Yeah, he updates. keeps me updated. Well, you got any updates? Uh, nothing. Nothing new. Nothing new. No, nothing. They're new. waiting for the front end, right? Yeah, they're getting all that in. He has the roof, and they have a bunch of other little things that they're getting ready to put in there. So, Ooh. it's expensive. It is. It turned out to be. I, I didn't think it was going to get to that, but yeah. it's going to be worth it. It's I an think. all in. Yeah, yeah, it's an all in thing. So, okay. So, let me set the stage for this. When we were in Libya together, um, we had a couple Land Cruisers. Yeah, um, and they kept getting stolen. They kept getting stolen, <laughs> and these are baller Land Cruisers. Yeah, I remember the price of these Land Cruisers. I don't know if you remember the the seventy nine series, mm-hmm. which is the ones that we had because we were using them for just putting around. Yep, they're fifty grand. They had fifty thousand dollar stickers on them, and they were minimalist trucks. Yeah, like they single cab, a short bed. And they were putting machine guns and stuff on the back, mm-hmm. um, but they were 50 Gs. You can't get those in America. Nope. So here's the problem that you know. Here's one of the problems that's in the, that exists in the overland world. A guy will go out and he'll go. He'll be inspired because he sees all these New Zealand, mm-hmm. South African, African um, uh, overlanding videos, Australia mm-hmm. overlanding videos, and he's like, "Dude, I want to overland." So he buys a Toyota Tacoma. And a Toyota Tacoma, even with a V6, is underpowered mm-hmm. and doesn't have the load capacity. Uh, very minimalist load capacity. Last, uh, somewhere between 1,300 and 1,500 pounds, if you're lucky. So you got a truck that can't carry weight. They put heavy front bumpers, heavy rear bumpers, all this crap on it. Racks, tents. And it's dangerous. Look, Foster Huntington, it's a buddy of ours who lives in Washington, started this fan life movement on social media, but he's also built he was one of the first ones to build a Toyota Tacoma. Um, I think it was an AT Overland or it was like a summit build, back end build, loaded it down, and he said it's the most dangerous vehicle he's ever had. Damn. It's because the vehicles overseas have turbo diesel capability, which means they have more torque, right? And they also have one ton axles. Mm-hmm. So I said, we need to build a proper rig and show people that with a little ingenuity, right? the right custom guys at Fit Garage, at Fit Garage on Instagram, if you wanna follow them, we could build out a proper build with a, a, a vehicle that can carry the weight. Our truck that we just bought was a, is a 75 series 1994 Japanese fire truck. Oh, it's, it's so dope. It's so sweet. Looking. So it's a quad cab that has a short bed um, that was converted. Mm-hmm. So we took a, a 79 series pickup truck short bed and converted onto the 75 series. We're putting a 75 series front end or 79 series front end, which is the modern it's, front end. Yep, mo- yep. All, all the lights, the front end will be all modern with a snorkel and everything. Yep. Then we're taking the one, I think it's one HZ diesel engine mm-hmm. and we're doing a turbo upgrade on it. Yes. Uh, the only um, downfall is it because it's not built turbo diesel. It can only ha- handle about 10 pounds of pressure, 10 PSI. Then we're chopping the roof because it has a high boy roof. Because of the when the high because the firemen's hats they had to you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Japanese dudes. Yeah. The, no offense to Japanese guys. So um, we're cutting that because I want to do a conversion that goes over the top of the cab. Mm-hmm. Alu cab still hasn't got back with me by the way. Are you kidding me, <laughs> dude? Um, and then I, I hit up Go F- Fast Campers. They're uh-huh. sold out of everything. Jeez. Again, raw material issue. So. Um, we're putting on um, steel wheels, off-road tires, um, ARB bumper. It, it's going to look proper, yeah. but carry the weight proper, and going to be a perfect highlight reel for overlanding, mobility experience, and then all of the kit and equipment that tell we carry. About, tell him about the paint job. So is he? can they do that? He said he was. Okay, so I sent uh, Tim Kennedy, sent me a whole bunch of pictures of a 79 series that he used in Africa. And and it had a paint job that looks like 
straight out of Africa, right? Yeah. It's like straight it's, from the bush. It's like literally spray painted. Yep. And so I sent it to George, who sent it to Fit Garage, who t- told their custom painter, "We want it painted like this," and that's how I want it painted. And then I want to do custom racks mm-hmm. and put a whole bunch of kit on it, dude. I just want it to look proper, man. Yeah. I want it to look. It's gonna look dope. Like it just came out of Niger, Africa, yeah. <laughs> fighting Boko Haram. Um, I'm super excited about that. Any updates on it? They no no new pictures. No, 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 no. I know we got that. With I think it. he's trying to keep it under wraps a little bit until they get like a major. They want. To, I think he wants to show yeah. them once they get like the major parts on there. Yeah. So, but once he gets it, I'll send it to you. And then we put, uh, dude, the seats we put in this thing. Oh. Yeah, we put a uh, uh, shillman uh, seats. Yo, once I hit it big, uh, I'm I'm getting me a shillman seat, man. It's like for every truck in first class. Yeah, <laughs> just so just ball, the driver. Man. That's it. Passenger, I, sorry. I just want that, like our FCJ80, the 94J80 Land Cruiser. I just want that because I want to sit in those seats. Yeah, I want to be cozy. When you get in that seat, every time you get in the car, it's, it's just, like hugging yeah. you. Yeah, it's like it's like a bunch of little like just. I don't know. It's, it's just cozy. so nice. <laughs> and and they're, I, I think we looked at the numbers and the cost for both of those seats in the FCJ80 costs as much as the rig we bought originally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All close. I feel like it was. But close. Yeah. It was close. Uh, what else is going on that rig? KC highlights. Yeah, lights. Um, remember they took that 200-pound steel bar that was in the front of it off? I like, know. Saving some weight there. Yeah. Um, look, that that vehicle is going to be highlighted at Overland Expo. That's our big reveal. Yeah, uh, we're excited about it because it'd probably be. A, so we need to get some content on it, man. Oh, we got to get a lot of content on it. Um, I think it's the only. Uh, it's perfect for hot yogurt because that thing's hot. Yogurt, oh man. yeah, that is hot yogurt. Oh, it's oh, hot my yogurt. God. It's the only quad cab turbo diesel, um, non troopy truck yeah. bed because he's got a turbo diesel troopy. Yeah, yep. Um, personal one. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the only converted 79 series front end in yeah, the nation. There won't be anything like this. I don't think there's one this in the nation. This is going to be like like one of those one of a kind. That's, and that's going to be hard to put like a, to I mean, to talk about like a value on it. Oh, you did know I, I mean? tell you I tried to get it insured and I couldn't get it insured. Really? Yeah. I have the title and then I called and the, the, the VIN number was too short. And so they were like, oh, and they got weird. And I was like, dude. USAA, I've done this with you before with my Land Rover that was imported yeah. overseas. It's not like I we could do this. Like it's not a big deal. So I still don't have an insurance. Jeez. Hopefully it doesn't burn to the ground yeah. if it garage. garage. Keep an eye on it, please. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. That's it. Thank you. Good podcast. Yeah. You got anything? No. Oh, uh, yeah, I do. Uh, no, we got we got to go. Check it's, out it's uh, <laughs> insert ingredient here. <laughs> insert ingredient here is your is your. Yeah, it's my uh, little insert. cooking show. We got uh, some new episodes coming out. I'm doing a uh, all plant based one with Kenny Bo uh, Bozik. He's a uh, you know he got that Lyme disease. Can't beat no meat no more. Yeah, that so sickle cell. Up. And then I finally <laughs> and then I finally uh, got with uh, Miss Waylon Lucas. Uh, once she gets back into town, we're going to do uh, a, a recipe from her cookbook, and then we're going to do uh, some more content on her homestead. Awesome, man. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it. All right, guys. Peace out. Peace out.